This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Is that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, no, no, Jerry. It's over. On August 25th... I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike. Series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Post-mortem after the FA Cup third round tie at the weekend, which saw me all lose 2-1 to our nearest and dearest South London rivals, Crystal Palace. Joining me as always, I've got myself Omar, joined by Mr Mickey Simpson. Hello, pal. Hello, fella. You all right? <clears throat> all right. I, f- I think I've just recovered from the weekend's antics, but, you know, we live in... Vo- here yeah, the voice is still a bit a bit croaky, but I'm, I'll, I'll, we'll be all right, yeah. so yeah. We're here to tell the tale anyway, and obviously joining us as always is Mr. Kai Bennett. Hello, pal. You all right? I'm good, thank you, man. I'm a bit confused with this setup because normally you're on the left and Mickey's on the right, but I'm looking a bit <laughs> today. Do you I know what's even normally, worse? He's normally first. I'm normally first into the call, and I think Mickey beat me to it today, so that's why he's on the left. So and also, also, that's just going to really confuse people who only listen to us on a podcast. 
I wonder yeah. if I can. I could probably... no, that's there you better. Go, you there you go. <laughs> is that better for you? That is much well, better. Thank you. Yeah, we're back to ordinary now anyway. But uh, obviously, talking about today's, uh, well, in today's show, we'll be talking all about Saturday's defeat in the first part. And then in the second part of the show, we'll just do a general misc catch up and some transfer rumours, along with a bit about the 23s we played earlier today. So we'll go into part one now and be back shortly. And welcome to the first part of the show. As mentioned, chaps, I think we're going to talk all about Saturday's game against Crystal Palace, which saw Mill lose 2 1 after going 1 0 up in the first half. Kai, I always come to you first for a bit of a recap on the game. What did you make of it on Saturday? How was the day in general for you? And obviously losing the game in the end, but I think we'd come out of that with our heads held high, I think, in the end. Definitely. like Despite the result, probably, you know, I think the crowd showed it at the end, didn't they, with the songs they, they sang at the end, you know, we love you Millwall. I think I think Millwall were excellent on, on Saturday. I think we were really unlucky. Um, on another day, we take that to extra time or even win it in, in normal, normal time. I think mm-hmm. 15 minutes of the second half was the only point where Palace actually looked a Premier League side. Um, and for me, without them 15 minutes, I think we probably probably see the game out 1-0 or even go on to get get a few more. I mean, the first goal, um, talk about this as well, is that Mateta was supposedly offside, um, which is frustrating that there's no... I, I, I know we, we haven't got VAR at the Den, but if you're going to have VAR in some FA Cup matches, I think you've got to have them in all, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing that, that, that annoyed me a little bit about the game. Um, but other than that, I thought Anthony Taylor managed the game really well. I thought he was he let the game flow, um, which is what you need in a derby. The worst thing you can get is a, is a referee that's going to stop start. And um, yeah, he, I thought he managed the game well, and I, I thought we put in a really good uh, showed a really good account of ourselves. So yeah, I was pleased. I was pleased with the performance. Whilst it weren't pretty, I suppose, Mickey. I mean, like like we both said there, you know, we walked out the game with our heads held high, albeit obviously one nil up. I think you know I said it to you on the day, and I've said it since to countless people when I spoke about it. I just think we scored too early in the game, Mickey. And I think that's a conscious thing about our squad where we're 1-0 up 15, 20 minutes into the game and, you know, got half-time. And I always just think it like there must be something about this side where we're just in some one, some way or another. If we score early in games, we try and see a game out and defend it. And obviously, you know, Crystal Palace and Elise in particular, they had another story to tell about that one, didn't they, on Saturday? Yeah, no, I agree. I think I sort of agree with you. I think, you know, if you're one nil up and you're going at half time, you sort of either you you sort of up your own ass to a degree, thinking, "Oh yeah, we could get this." We're, we're you know we're beating the Premiership side, blah blah, and then you come out as if it's as if like they had tea and cake at half time, and they come out and thought, "Well, we're just gonna you know let the food go down before we have a runabout again." And and look, you know, as much as we fucking can't stand Palace, they showed really what you know that they're class players they are a premiership side for fuck's sake and for 15 minutes that showed um and then we got back into the game and and that's the unfortunate bit is that if it wasn't for that 15 minutes we would have probably still took it to the gut we would have still took it to him yeah everyone's saying you know it's offside whether or not it is or it isn't it got given so that sort of made our heads drop as well and and i think that was that was a problem. Our heads dropped for for that 15 minutes. They scored another. And then trying to get back into it, we started. But nothing was really going our way, was it? We, we were having chances, but we just couldn't fucking get the ball in the back of the net. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, you know, initially going into the game, I think we kind of expected the lineup we got. Um, obviously, George Long was in goal, which was obviously an interesting one, but it's he's it was the good, goalkeeper. And he yeah, we'll talk about him yeah. obviously in more detail in a second. But obviously, Hutchison, Pierce, Cooper was the back three, Matt Namara, Scott Malone on the left with Murray Wallace not available. I guess he's had his baby by now, but his wife was expecting. Uh, Savile Mitchell played in the midfield with Ojo and Afobi either side of Tom Bradshaw. I say either side because obviously Ojo has played more than a 10, hasn't he, Kai, before Saturday. I feel like on the weekend it was more he picked up position on the right-hand side. I don't know if that's just me that thought that. But, yeah, I mean, the team we expected and obviously first half we was on top of them, I felt like, and limited their chances quite well. Pressed high up as we always tend to do so early in games. And obviously we got the goal through that with Afobi, you know, capitalising on Butler's mistake. Yeah, we did, mate. Yeah, we did. And special mention for Saturday has to go out to Shea Ojo. I yep. thought that was probably his best performance in a middle shirt. I thought, you know, you, you could see by the way that he got the stand innovation <clears> when he went off. You know, oh, that's all you need to do as a middle player. He showed quality as well as the hard work and determination that we saw as well. He's putting his foot to feet, into, uh, you know, his foot to challenges. And that's all we can ask. He, he gave 110% on, on Saturday. Little, I'm quite a little bit disappointed he was taken off because I think he could have maybe affected the game from then. Um, mm. But it was good to see Nada Botic and Tyler Bury come on. I thought Tyler Bury looked really dangerous when he came on as well. I thought he really fit to Tyler Mitchell. I thought, I mean, I thought um, Nana was good as well. I thought he'd come on yeah. and, and, you know, considering he's only a young lad. Um, and I didn't realise he'd been with the club 10 years. He's, he's been with the club since Tiny. Um, I watched Am I the only one that walked out of there Saturday thinking he didn't touch the ball on Saturday, though? He came close to that crucial touch, but he didn't. Touch. I felt like he went missing. I, obviously, look, I, I know he's got a lot of praise from the 23s, and I know, Kai, you've seen more of them than me. He doesn't look out of place, you know, physique-wise, but I think, you know, he, he didn't have an impact on the game that I don't think we would have hoped I don't for, think he I agree. Impact, it was refreshing to see him come th- on to the I think team. it was nice that he come on. I think it was, you know, a good a good thing to do for a young kid. Show him a bit of, a bit of loyalty that he's been there for... 10 odd years and and now he's got a place and the hard work's finally playing off. Yeah, you know, we'd probably have a different story. If he'd have scored that, if he'd have got yeah, a foot onto that and scored it, we'd, we'd be fucking singing up and down. But he did make, uh, whether or not he touched the ball or not, I do think that... I don't mean it in a critical him, way, by the way. No, no, I'm just more I do so think I've heard people he talk had, about it and I'm like, he didn't touch the ball in the game, I don't think. Yeah, but. no, I just think a presence on the pitch, he, he didn't look... He didn't look out of place. Do you know what I mean? We we've, we put some youngsters on sometimes and you can see that, you know, I mean, look what Morrison's getting slated for where he put the youngster on and then took the youngster back off and slated him publicly about it. I mean, he's getting ruined over it. But I just I just think it was nice. It's just, it, it's just a shame, really, that we couldn't make the final. But look, some of the players, I agree with you. Ojo, I think Ojo was probably his best game in the shirt. Bennett, when he come on, was up and at them, really in their faces, really up for it. A few little tricks and traces. You know, you can see the skills on the fella. You can see what he's, you know, capable of, if 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 fair. And Long, from the first moment, mate, Long just looked so confident. Um, you know, me and you were chatting, with me, but mm-hmm. I just think Long just absolutely controlled. And there was a, a few shots what, what come in where if it was Bart, Bart would have punched him away. He was jumping up, catching the balls, Playing him out, he's got a much better kick than Bart. I'm not saying Bart's feet. Bart's got his got his place, but I think going forward, Long potentially is going to be our number one for for the long term because I think he's he's a great keeper. He, he you know, he showed okay, fine, we lost two one, but I think he's got he's got he's got class building there. 
Yeah, we said it obviously on Saturday. I think, you know, he's, I agree with you about his kicking in particular, but he's, I think he's one of those goalkeepers that strikes me as very cocksure. Like, he's mm. very, like, he knows his ability, which can be a downfall at times. I think there was one moment in his first half where he's gone to clip the ball over from a goal kick. He kind of hurried it, and I think Eze intercepts it. And it could have been, you know, one of those things where if, if Palace were on it that day at the time, could have been yeah. punished by it, but I 100 agree. Like he's very confident in his ability, which is obviously a good trait to have as a goalkeeper. I feel like he strikes me as a little bit of. Um, remember Dan Bentley? Is it Dan Bentley at um, Bristol City now? Kai, he's that kind of goalkeeper where he's like modern day backs himself of his ability, and, and rightly so because I think he's played like 100 games at Championship level. He's played 45. I think the year hole went down. He's still only 28 years old, and I think I do agree with Mickey. Day. He's kind of got that number one position, and he's and he's kind of. I have sight, so to speak, going into the next couple of seasons for Bar, I suppose. Bit, a bit controversial, and it's in no way, in any shape or form, contra- you know, um, criticism of him because he's a good lad, he's a Millwall boy. But I do think um, the whole day possibly got to Billy. Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about that in a moment for about the second half in particular. But I mean, I agree with you. I think first half he played great. I think he was on it and he was getting the ball. He's, I think he touched the ball the most out of all Mill players on Saturday. I think I saw a statistic go around for that and you can't knock him for that. I think second half, because he got the book in early doors and Southall went off injured, I think that definitely had a contributing factor to it. Um, and we'll talk about obviously him in a minute and Danny Mack, because I thought Danny Mack was our player of the match on Saturday. But... I mean, obviously, a phobia we didn't talk about. You know, he closed Alf Button's goal, didn't he? And, you know, Kai, he obviously got the goal he deserved, I think, on the day. Yeah, and I saw some stat the other day that said something like uh, Bradshaw and Bennick have scored in the last six games between them or something. There's some stat that they've, mm-hmm. between the two of them, they scored, either one of them scored in the last six matches or something, which is really good. And it just shows you the format that the, you know, the two up top were, they're, they're, they're building such a good, like, um, you know, partnership up there. And that and that's really, that's really important. And, Benikafobi, obviously he's only on loan, um, but it'd be brilliant to sign him on permanent deal and hopefully we can get Bradshaw uh, tied down to a new deal as well because they both look on fire at the moment. Definitely. No, I think um, I agree with you there. I think in particular first half, I think we've just done well at making Palace unsettled. Obviously, the, the, you know, the atmosphere of a derby game, um, it definitely, you know, I think we got the better of it in the early doors and obviously second half, I think they just moved the ball quicker for that 15, 20 minute spell. Um, we'll talk about Elise's first goal. I think, you know, you said in the build-up, was it Mateta's off Saikai? But you can't take anything away from the finish from uh, Elise. You know, that little bit of class, I think he was obviously at Reading before and they signed him for seven, eight million pounds, Crystal Palace, which is more than our whole squad value put together, obviously, on transfer fees paid. And that little bit of moment of magic really paid off in the build-up, didn't it? Oh, it was a class finish, wasn't it? I mean, he, he cuts inside, left foot. And then after that, after he scored, they I'm not quite sure what happened because they let him do it again twice more. And I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. he's just buried one in the top corner. He hits the post after that. And then one flies just over the bar. Like there was a period there where Elise could have had a hat trick and it was it was only for hit the post and him hitting just over they didn't. But yeah, he's a class player and and, and I think even it showed even when they we did push him on his right foot to go down the line, he puts in a good cross from Mateta to Ted Home. And uh, you know, I, I thought he's he's a good player. He was always a good player last year at Reading. I remember that boy played through to uh to Lucas Zhao, I think it was on the way away at their place. I think bit him 2-1 and mm-hmm. um, he put the ball straight through the middle of the defence and Jao really should score but yeah he's, he's got his creative ability is second to none and yeah he's a quality player I think, I think um, go on Mickey. It, it, what's his name Oze isn't it Oze Elise Elise um, is that the one we've got the what do you call it the corner flag yes I think he's I think he's handled himself fucking well 
for a youngster on a big event. Um, we've seen players crumble under that sort of pressure. And he just shrugged it off. We, we've seen players the next day, nothing but fucking press releases after press release after press release, everything else about it. It doesn't seem to doesn't seem to be sharing his tears. He's just cracked on, moved forward, and done what he needed to do on the pitch to to silence the crowd. And fair play to him. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, to be a bit of a cynic, um, would the two chances he obviously you know was instrumental with both goals. If it was Murray Wallace at left wing back, I just wonder whether defensively we might have been a bit more solid. I don't know if that's just me thinking that. You both nod into that there. I think, you know, Malone, bless him. I think he's obviously lost his place the last few weeks with Murray Wallace taking that position, especially, you know, when we're trying to look for an upturn of results. I think, you know, Malone, you get what you get going forward and obviously set pieces. He takes a lot of the corners and stuff like that and set piece plays in wide areas. But I do think if we have Murray Wallace there defending in a more natural position, I don't know if he would have got the same opportunities that Kai alluded to there, Mickey, where it's like within five minutes he could have had a hat trick, couldn't he? No, I totally agree with you. I think I think if Murray was there, I think he would have shut the door down. Just purely because of his his bad, you know, his size, his his presence. You just I, mm-hmm. I think he's he's a lot He's more, more of a defender, isn't he? Malari's yeah, more of a yeah. wing back and and Murray was more of a left back per se, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, solid yeah. defensively. I mean Murray is more of a traditional Old style footballer, and Malone is a bit more flash, isn't he? You know, he yeah. run at people, do a few tricks, and try and get past them. But Murray is, um, yeah, happy birthday by the way to Murray Wallace today, and uh, and <laughs> Phil Clark, Phil Clark's birthday as well today, mate. I think he's sixty three today, old Phil. So yeah, nice, fair enough. <laughs> um, there's a more important birthday next Monday, but I'll leave you two guessing who that is. But uh, yeah, obviously, I agree. I think. It's a shame, really, that Murray West wasn't available. Um, yes, you're right, Mickey. Uh, but, yeah, I think if he was available on the day, I do personally think maybe it would have been different. I do also think I'm not going to be critical of Rarick because, obviously, the team was put out there to graft on the day and from minute one to minute 90, that's all we got from the team. And, obviously, he was sent out to do like that, do that job, so to speak. But if we saw it happen two, three, four times, eventually Bennett came on and kind of shore things up on that side of the pitch and you didn't see Elise get another chance really, Kai. Could something could there be an argument there? Maybe we should have brought him on sooner and kind of changed it because we saw the threat straight away at the start of the second half where Palace were getting the ball to Gallagher, he was then playing out wide to Elise and they were just moving it really quick. And then I think it kind of left Malone one on one, putting Bennett on the left. It works, but maybe that could have been done before the second goal, maybe just playing devil's advocate there. Yeah, potentially. And I think not only does uh Mason Bennett add, you know, some so he's you know, he's quite good defending as well, but the fact that Mason Bennett's so quick, he sort of and he's got he's got good skills as well. He's got good good pace, and, and he's an all round good player. He sort of pushes Palace back just by having him on, because you know they can't go sprinting forward. Because if they lose it, and Mason Bennett has it on the breakaway, Malone overlapping him, they're in big they're in big trouble. So um, I think it sort of pushed the Palace players back. And when they went two and up, I, th- I think it could have gone either way. I mean, the fact they were two and up, they, they potentially could have been content with that and just sat back mm-hmm. and tried to see out the Millwall, you know, the ride the Millwall storm after that. Um, but I, I thought we deserved, and I thought we did enough to, to get back into the game and make it two-two. Personally, I obviously, had, Smith had that chance. Um, Tyler, I think it was Benny Kobe, but that that ball in from Dana Boateng nearly nearly got on the end of it. That would have been yeah. a dream. That would have been a dream goal. That wouldn't it? Um, I I can't I can't look at Smith without laughing so hard to myself every time after the podcast what he did with Millwall and that wall talk. 
where someone texted in and said, why is it that you run like an accountant? And every time now, you just can't fault it. He, he just, the only thing missing from him when he runs is that, you know, if there's any, you know, graphic graphic video artists out there who want to do it for us, he just needs an umbrella and a briefcase in his hand while he runs. And he just, it's as if his hips don't work. Do you know what I mean? He sort of, mm. he waddles rather than runs. And it's just, you just look and you see a young kid coming near him like on, on Saturday and you're just like, you ain't going to get near him. He's, he's fucking going to run rings around you. It, it was, I, I don't know, maybe that's just me. But I find the way when the ball went over the top for him, wasn't it? And he tried to take, tried to close. Always Anderson. him as well. Yeah. My granddad yeah. shouted out, go on Smith, use your pace. Yeah. Like, it was just, just fast. Like, you know, he just, you just know that he's not going to beat him, but he, he always tries it's the way he runs. Yeah, no, I love it. I love. It. I, 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 I've, got, I've got a lot of time for Matt Smith. I've got. A lot oh, of time I love him as a player. I, I think he's yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and if he does end up leaving, and it's better for him, then great. You know, and if he ends up staying, then it is what it is. But I just, it's just, and everyone who's listening to this now, next time you see him run, you'll go in your head and you'll go, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." Especially those Pretty who well. haven't listened to the Millwall one, um, you will, you will see what I mean. He, he does yeah. run. Like that was missing an podcast. umbrella. Yeah, it's all right. It's not as good as ours, but it's Jack, okay. Jack Whitehall was on there, wasn't it? Uh, that day, he got they got yeah, Jack Whitehall on, didn't they? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I think Matt Smith went to university with him, didn't he? And yeah, he played, up front, with played up front with each other. Yeah, yeah. weird wow. sight to picture that one. But um, yeah, I mean, I do agree. Obviously, about the Smith one is quite funny, but obviously he had that chance right at death, and we did half and puff. I wanted to name drop Daddy Mac though, chaps, because I thought he was a standout in our t- in our side. Just. He loved the tackle, obviously, that we all know. And the Derby Cajun didn't, didn't, definitely didn't phase him there. But also, he's just his ability on the ball going forward. And I think he just really done well to keep, you know, a Berriese, who, albeit came out from a long-term injury, he kept him really quiet, Kai, I thought, especially throughout the whole game. But he ended up getting dragged off. I mean, I think Danny Matt just done himself no uh, no disfavour. What's the right word I'm looking for? He just basically played himself, I think. He didn't embarrass himself, himself, did he? he no, was, I think, I think he, was our, he, was our, he was our standout on the day. I really do think it, like... Good on the tackle, good on the ball. Even a couple of times, he got forward on the right hand side, constantly looking to overlap. I think you know, for me, he was a standout for us on Saturday. Oh, he was thing lot, fantastic, wasn't he? Thing what I like, yeah, definitely. Thing what I like about Saturday is that when they lost the ball, they went straight back after it. If we play like we did Saturday for the rest of the season, I think potentially we could get points. No, no, mm-hmm. no shadow of a doubt. But it's that inconsistency. If we can play like that, and we've seen how well we play. And realistically, if we play against champion sides, we will beat them because I don't think a lot of them will will handle, you know, Palace couldn't handle it. Uh, and the only time they could was for about a 10-minute, 15-minute spell um, and when they showed pure class. But are we going to see that pure class from clubs like Derby, Blackpool, et cetera, et cetera, which I don't think we will, you know, Preston, et cetera, et cetera, Swansea, I don't think we will. Um, but, yeah, if we play like that, every game going to the end of the season, then I think anything is open. Um, it just yeah, needs a full den backing them though, doesn't it? For them to rise to the game. That's a the bit, problem, suppose, isn't it? But... That's the problem, yeah. What did you make of the atmosphere Saturday? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think it was our greatest Derby atmosphere, no. to be honest. And I, if I'm honest with you, I think it's probably because, uh, let's, let's talk about Palace fans, the opposition fans weren't that great, to be honest, either, I don't think, on Saturday. I think I've definitely seen better atmospheres at the den. I don't know if that's just me. No, I agree with you. I think... Uh, it, I, I totally agree with you. I said to you at the time, didn't I? I said it, it seemed very, um, in parts, quite dull compared to what you'd normally expect. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was still lively, especially if you're in 
you know, block one or block 18, 19, then, you know, it was quite lively up that end. But where we were, it, it weren't there. The, the I don't think the singing was in unison like it has been on, on big games before. Um, but also Palace fans just seemed to, once we scored that goal, they just seemed to drop uh, uh, until they scored. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. you know, the pyrotechnics and, you know, nothing like letting the pyrotechnic mate. off underneath a flag and nearly fucking killing yourself, is there? Do you know what I mean? And but, all the fucking fireworks they're letting off as well, or the firecrackers. Well, I, I, don't, I don't get the hype at all whatsoever, to be honest, with this ultra thing. Like, And it's, it's embarrassing because it's not like the whole stand's doing it. It's just a select few that just kind of think they're hard, basically. Wouldn't you? I mean, weird. I wouldn't... The thing is what gets me is that if that happened when we go away, they would be dealt with. Do you know what I mean? It'll be, listen, draw your neck in, mate. Don't be a fucking dick. And that's it. Like, the first time they've done it, they'll be drawn in. And then the second time, they'll be drawn in probably with a slap, and then they wouldn't do it a third time. But these mm-hmm. are, like, living off this image. And you know damn well that if they ever get in Europe and actually go to a proper ultra side where, you know, if they get a turkey draw or something like that or a proper Italian draw, they would be fucking in bits. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're no... They're no bigger in the football fan status than Dulwich Hamlet fans. They're not scary group. I mean, they asked for a police escort. They got one. They come through Silwood. There's a video I posted on TikTok where there's a guy, and, and it's on Twitter. We retweeted on Twitter, where they're being led through more coppers than ultras, and there's a geezer laughing, laughing his head mm-hmm. off. But, you know, how threatening are you when, you know, people are laughing at you? And also, you know, they're posting pictures what look intimidating, and then all of a sudden, if you go to the wide angle picture, they're just a bunch of fucking, there's about 50, 60 ultras and about 150 old Bill. And you just think, really? Is, is that, I mean, 50, 60 of us, there'd be fucking 500 old Bill. Do you know what I mean? We'd probably be put on a coach and fucking ship somewhere. But it's Very just, true. I don't know, mate. It, it, it is what it is. But I go back to what we were saying, thing. I, I don't want any criticism. And I don't want you to take it to criticism if any of Billy's family or whatever listening, but I just think that, you know, whether it's the yellow card or whatnot, but I just think that that affected his his game on Saturday. Because normally, fucking superb player. I think it was Savills going off injured as well. Because I think mm. Keith, bless him, I think he's obviously got his place to play at times. Um, but what Savile and Mitchell kind of struck up in the last few games together, especially that first half, just... They controlled the midfields, and obviously, bear yeah. in mind, you know, Palace's midfield is not not necessarily star studded, but it's worth some money and it's gold there. Obviously, you've got the Chelsea loney kind of Gallagher there. Um, there's some good players in that mid- midfield for Palace, and I think the pair of them kept them really quiet. And then, obviously, Savile went off injured, I think, first three or four minutes in the second half. Keith comes on, and he's not really got the pace to keep up the game, I felt like, and especially when Palace moving the ball quite quick as they were, just it, one thing led to another, I think, for him in, on the day. But I think that's kind of what contributed to Mitchell's performance, especially in the second half. But he'll learn from his experience because, you know, he's 20 years old. He'll come back from it. And I think, you know, it's good to see Bury get on. I thought he was excited on the right-hand side when he came on. A few opportunities where he got down there, just took his man on. I call for it every time when I see a wing on the wide areas. And you don't always get it from a middle team sometimes. But every time Bury took a man on, his instinct is to take him on and get a ball in the box. And that is a middle winger. And he got past what you should see. And at one point, he got past about four or five players, didn't he? Yeah, he's quick as well. The thing is, though, it's it's obviously a double-edged sword, but you want him to take the man and put the ball in the box, but you don't necessarily know what the end product is going to be at the end of it there because it could be Rosehead or it could be, you know, the life of ball in the box. Almost Paul Weifel-esque. I'm, I'll, there, there you go, I'll say it. Like, 
takes his man on, then it could go Rosette. Like, but mm. it's the kind of unpredictable nature of it that makes it exciting to watch. And I think obviously he's muted to go back to Hartlepool. But if you know if transfers that we'll talk about in the second part go a certain way, I wouldn't be disheartened to see Tyler Bury get a run of games because what we've got to lose, you know, we're talking about the excitement level at the ends and, you know, Nana Boateng on the pitch, Bury on the pitch, Mitchell, Danny Mack, four mil young bloods in there. That's all we want to see as fans. And, you know, at the end of the game, obviously we'll talk about, you know, the fans, everyone gave them an ovation at the end, didn't they? I think we kind of noticed the commitment that they put in on Saturday and in the end, Kai, you know, we didn't get the result we wanted, but as fans, that's all you can ask for, I think, from the middle side. And yeah, everyone stayed. Like- yeah, they did. Yeah, and I, I was speaking to a when I one of our Palace mates uh, after the game. He said to me, um, he said in the Palace end at half time, we were questioning how we were more than one 0 down because obviously Benick had a good had a good effort, uh, had a good chance. Uh, Savile had a good chance, and he said that you know we honestly thought we we would be more fair if we were two 0 down. So he said he he was complimentary of the Millwall side on on Saturday. He was really he was really impressed with our performance, our work rate. Everything about Millwall, we said, you know, 10 minutes about On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, Okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. (laughs) Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. As we've said, you know, got Palace over the line. But other than that, he said, you know, Millwall were, he reckons Millwall were largely the best side, which I absolutely agree with. So it was nice to get a little bit of credit from, from the opposition fans, but you often don't, often don't get there in, in games like that. No, definitely. I have to agree. I think, yeah, I think that's probably all she wrote for Saturday's game. I think, I don't know, who did Chris Price get in the next round of the cup card? Did you see that? Hartlepool. Hartlepool. That's it. At home, wasn't it, as well? Yeah, it's a shame. So we're not, so we're not missing much then, are we? Let's be honest. It's a shame, really, that what's his name, um, Bury is um, is cup tied now because it would have been great for him to go back to Hartlepool yeah. and be able to get a game there and score the winner just to really <laughs> stick it, wouldn't it? That'd be great, but yeah, yeah. No, I'm not we're disappointed. Not really, we're not missing much from it, and obviously a cup run is always nice. But in a weird way, I think if you look at our form for the last ten games, we've only won three in the league, and I don't, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but obviously the form's been a bit patchy, up and down, up and down. January window's here now. We'll talk about that in part two. But it's quite clear that there needs to be improvements, but also a bit of consistency in the side. And maybe a distraction of the cup might have kind of deterred that a bit more. So I think maybe now I... we can focus on that and kick on, Mickey. Yeah, no, look, I agree. I think um I I I think I'd rather not be in the cup. Yeah, it's great to be in the cup, the money, everything else, but let's be honest, I'd rather concentrate and see if we can make a run for it. Um, especially after seeing the performance we gave on Saturday. Don't get me wrong, and if we'd have won that, then yeah, great. You know, we're still in the cup. You know, we, we would have got Hartlepool or someone else and probably got spanked. But I think it's, um, I'd rather concentrate and see if we can make a last, you know, mean hearted push towards getting something good this season um, rather than, you know, focus on the cup and fucking 
we're in our league positioning. Definitely. I think, yeah, I think we've probably spoke to death about that game anyway from Saturday. Good day out, nonetheless. Wasn't the result we wanted, Str- but the team's done us justice anyway. Go on, Mickey. Strings, but strings, but we'll talk about that in part two. Oh, uh, you love the strings, don't you? Mate, I think, uh, <laughs> we'll look, wrap it up anyway. God, we'll, we'll leave you to wind yourself up. I think that's about up. the atmosphere, so yeah, but we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that in part two. We'll leave you to wind yourself up and then we'll go into part two now and we'll hear all about that. So, back shortly. Right, welcome to the second part of the show. As mentioned, we're going to talk about general misc of things, I suppose. Uh, Mickey wants to talk about the fans at the game on Saturday. Do you want to go first, Mickey? What did you make of your experience just, in Block 37 uh, in the sunny Cumber Lane on Saturday? Mate, full of strings. Um, <laughs> mate, yeah, that gazer in front of us, who the fuck was that? Yeah. There was a, a funny-looking gazer, right? Rucksack on his back. Fucking weird trainers, weird jacket. Looked foreign, continental or so. Possibly Italian journalist or something. Taking couple of pictures of the crowd at weird, weird intervals, um, taking pictures of the Palace player when he was on the floor, a couple of other bits and pieces. Um, he was being monitored, I must say, by about eight of us standing around him, not just the pods <laughs> we were with, but other pods as well. And then he disappeared and never come back. Um, there was, when we walked in, there was people sitting in our seats and Omar done the old... What the fuck are you doing? Move. The only thing um, with that, right, is because it's someone's I've seen always in, in my in there, but that's my that's why I sit. That's my spot. Doesn't yeah. matter. I sat there for years. That's that's where I plot up. So I, I don't mind it because it's where you want to sit. But you know, that's, if you don't, if I don't know the face either, I'm going to tell you to get up and get out of my that spot. Was, that was the thing. That. that was that not the thing on Saturday that we walked all the way from from obviously the ground and we walked all the way up top of Elderton Road. Towards the blue, you walked obviously where you went, and I cut through the estate. I didn't recognise anyone really, and normally yeah. you see loads. Normally it's like, "Hello, mate, you're all right." Blah blah blah. You saw everyone out in their fucking. Everyone seemed to have come out in their Stone Island fucking woolly hats and Stone Island jackets and jumpers and everything else. Get the badge in. Just, Get the badge yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> and, and and it was like, I don't know, mate. It it was just. One of them, I mean, I saw some fellow, it's quite funny. I saw some fellow and I come home. I went, fucking hell, there was some fellow in front of me at the ticket, at the ticket stand, wearing like these tracksuit bottoms, what looked like they were covered in fucking shit, paint, and all that lot. And my my missus went, I was over Blue Water the other day, and, and I said the same thing about someone wearing those sort of trousers. And my girl went, Oh no, they're designer. Looked them up online. They're like fucking four or five hundred quid a pair of trousers upwards just to have them fucking stained. And you're like, mate, really? It's funny, right? Because whenever whenever you talk to or whoever like you kind of <clears> speak <throat> about the fans, everyone's concerned that we've not got a new generation of fans coming through. And to be honest, like the majority of people I saw Saturday are all youngish people. There's not many old school fans there. And I don't know if that's maybe to do with COVID. A lot of old people have been time turned away and don't want to necessarily maybe meet the requirements or maybe they're scared to go to the games because obviously that fear of getting covid and people's health being impacted but i do think like there is a lot of youngish fans coming through now but are they mill the strings this is it well are they mill- think it, but these are the people that turn up though when it's the big games you know what i mean so i, I don't think yeah, there do is you, a problem i mean what's his name that fucking knobhead off youtube was there as well wasn't he um the bolton fan fogden he was there and it's like you made a very fair video about me all, by the way. I, I think he it, it could have been easy for him to jump on the views of you know what's gone on around in the media. He didn't criticise the fans or anything with his dads. And 
I don't really watch his content, but I did watch that vlog and I thought actually kind of they embraced the match day experience of Millwall, which he could have easily have come out and said, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened and get the views and clickbait titles. Instead, it was just experiencing the match day as a purest football fan, which I thought was quite a good touch from them, to be honest. I've not watched it. I probably will watch it at some well, point. But there yeah. you go. I uh, watched it last uh, hungover yesterday and I thought it was a good video and fair. And fair I mean, enough. I'll have a look at it and make thingy, but I still think, you know, it, for a Bolton fan just to be going all over and all that, look, I understand he makes a lot of money from his channel and he, and, it, and that's what drives his content. But, it, you know, I just felt that there was too many people who wanted to be there because potential of what was going to happen rather than probably going there for the football. Mm -hmm. People were thinking that there was going to be mass trouble, mass... And, and, you know, let's be honest, the old Bill, when we walked out and we walked across the Alderton Road before we went where we went, they were fucking provoking it. I mean, how the fuck can you really let all the Millwall fans out walking up Zampa Road when Zampa Road's not that wide to suddenly have best part of 15,000 fans, you know, walking towards that way or up Stockholm, split it down the middle, say 7,000 fans walking up there. And the old Bill decide, oh, we're going to load up the street now with fucking police vans. You had a police van turning around on Alderton Road, what basically was nearly running people over as it was trying to turn around and blocking the whole of the fucking traffic and then lining up Zampa Road. It just, it's just madness. It just doesn't make any sense at all, apart from just trying to be a wanker and provoke, provoke trouble for no reason. Um, there, was, there was drones, actually, where we walked back. Um, it was like, uh, you know, parallel to the train train line you yeah. know uh near the flats where the old dead used to be um you walk we walk up there normally there's no, literally no one walks up there maybe a hundred people walk up there per game maybe if that at all different times obviously on the way back it's a little bit busier but we walk in there we're probably there about an hour and a half before kickoff and uh we're walking down the down the bit ne- parallel to the train train line and there's Carriage way, you mean? yeah uh no 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 no, no. Other, other way you know where the old den is Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's the old dead. You know that little walkway where there's grass, there's grass, there's a big mound and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. So not there was all there was a security presence on the on the not a security, but there was a that there was two vans, and then it said uh, drones are being or bat drones are being used or something. It was something weird. Like there, there was people there. It looked security like. So we we assumed it was, but it was, yeah, we've never seen that before. Yeah, I think. Um... Police were ready for it, weren't they, Saturday? But Palace fans, I don't know, were hiding, weren't they? So there you go. <laughs> they were hiding behind the escorts, as always. So mm. there we go. We spoke about the ultras a little bit there. Um, to, to change the topic a little bit, chaps, um, London News Online, a uh, friend of the show, Richard Cowley, put a little article out earlier today, uh, mentioning that Millwall had bids rejected for Derby's Louis Sibley and Fortuna Sittard's Zion Fleming. I understand to be both attacking midfielders, Kai. I think I, I could be wrong, but um, they're obviously players that are, you know, we know Sibley quite well for his hatch against us at the Den um, at the start of lockdown in 2020. But interesting targets there, I think that you know maybe kind of give an indication of where we're looking to strengthen from this window. No, they're both they're both good players. Um, Sibley, um, I feel like has potential, and I think that's potentially why Millwall are going after him because yep. of the fact that you know he's only young. He's done well. He did well against us three or two three years ago now. Um, obviously hasn't done an awful lot since then, but you know, with him being so young, there's there's time to be able, you know be able to grow that potential. And that and Fleming is one that I've, I've heard, like I've seen a lot of actually about on Twitter about how good he is. Uh, Forrest were linked with him last year, so with Huddersfield, um, and we were offered the chance to sign him. I think uh, as a report said last uh, in 
August or something that we could match the, the expectation of value. So I uh, know he's a good player. If you watch his highlight reel, he's, he looks a really good player, can finish with both feet, um, good in the air as well. And it looks like a really good attacking midfielder. So they're the right sort of players, I feel like, that we should be, that we should be going after. And let's hope we can, we can get them. Mickey, there seems to be a common theme going on. Another player from a European country as well being linked. Um, but also there's an age range for all these players where it looks like we're trying to develop for the future as well, but also players that can maybe make an impact now. But I suppose there is a bit to be read there that, you know, two weeks in a row, there's two um, European signings potentially linked with the club. I suppose there is a real intent there from the club to try and get some value abroad from away from the UK. Yeah, and I think you're probably going to get, you're probably going to be able to get them for, for cheaper money. Um, and if you know the agent, then um, it could be a benefit. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's too good right now. <clears throat> um, yeah, if you, you you know the agent and you'll probably be able to get it slightly cheaper than what you would with the UK, um, I think, yeah. And and it's something what we banged on about for, you know, I've banged on for years and years why we never scouted in Europe, um, you know, like the Belgian teams, the French lower leagues, the, you know, the German Bundesliga lower league, because there are some class players there who could really do well in the championship. And even if you get them fairly cheap and they perform well and they get snapped up by a Prem, you're just going to, you're just going to make money out of them. Like Brentford. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like Brentford. But that's what we've got to do. The, the, you know, how else are we making money as a club? We're not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the way to make money is buy players cheap, develop them, get them in the spotlight and hope get a couple of years out of them. And then hope that going forward, the Prem somebody likes them and, and snaps them up for double, you know, double or triple what you paid. Or, or you're in the Prem. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or you let their contract run down and, you know, you get a sub fee for them. Um, let's talk about that one because obviously we're going to, like I said, we'll keep talking about it. I'm sure we will do throughout January. Uh, but again, Forrest, the rumour to be making another bid for Jed Wallace, if I read correctly. Um, is he? I think if we're getting links for all these attacking players, creative 1. players, 1.5, isn't it? Yeah, but if we're getting if we're getting links to all these creative players, am I? And he also didn't play Saturday when he supposedly trained twice last week in the lead up to the game. And you know, Forrest won their cup game, and we got Forrest on Saturday. I think he's going up the Forest this win there, Jed Wallace. I don't know if that's just me being a bit of a cynic, cynic. but I think um, I think he's going to leave this window, chaps. I don't know what you both think. Go on, Kai, you I... first. I think he's going this window. Um. Yeah, it feels like the nightmare could potentially become the reality quite soon, doesn't it? So, um, no, I'd be glad to see Jed. Jed. I know Mickey's laughing me there, but like this, Jed Wallace is like, is for me, he's in my lifetime, he's one of the best players I've seen at Millwall, you know? He's not a legend, though. No, but he's, he's going to be a big miss, isn't he's he? A good I think player. we're, we're going to see life miss. without him as well, aren't is we? Is he going to be a big see... miss? Look at where we've yes, been playing massively. recently. Yeah, but massively. look how we've started to be playing recently. And and if we get a couple of these good attacking midfielders in, are, are we really going to miss it? Is it going to be for uh, and for the next season or so, we're actually going to miss him really badly? Or is it that actually he's gone, we've got a replacement who's better, and hey-ho, off we go again? Life moves on after, Jed. I agree That's with that. Good. But what was the first thing I said to you on Saturday, walking out of the game on Saturday? I, I think if Jed was available and an option on Saturday, albeit from the bench or start the game, who would have chosen think we, we have more of a creative output on Saturday if Jed's playing. I, I think that yeah. because he is our talisman. He is the player that makes things happen for us on more than one occasion in the past. 
Um, but I do think life moves on without him. And I think we're kind of consigned to it now, whether it happens now or we for free transfer. We know it's going to happen. I think the contract's not going to get, there's no, nothing's going to get magically done unless it's a, a miracle. And, and I don't know, maybe options elsewhere. Yeah, or maybe his options elsewhere don't materialise how it sounds. Maybe then it might sign it. But if it, if I was 50 50 at the start of the season, I'm probably about 10% hopeful that but, happens now. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'll throw a question to both of you to answer. Why Forest? Because I don't think I think Forest is no better than us. Uh, I reckon he can probably get more money at Forest because okay, you know they have bigger gates, more shirt sales. Um, they probably have more money to pay him wage wise. I agree with you. It's a, it's a big sideways step, and if anything, it does show purely what his intentions are in a weird they're not, way. They're Maybe not Premiership clubs, are they? I think they're more likely at the moment than us, I'll be honest. I think their squad is not as good as ours. I think they've got a few good players, but they're also trying to strengthen and they're trying to improve. And they probably have more financial backing than we do to maybe they try. They last night. So. Yeah, exactly. Good. So, yeah, like, but under Steve Cooper, he's, you know, he's a young English manager, done well at Swansea. And since they've, I think, I think since he's gone in, I think they're top two, maybe top three for form. So, they're definitely going in the right direction, whereas we're kind of stagnating where we are mid-table. I do think it's a sideways step completely, and I do think it shows not not disloyalty, but I think it shows that he's not interested in staying at Millwall, and he's more interested in the fresh change, even if it means going to Nottingham Forest in the Championship. I'd be surprised if a Premiership doesn't come in for him, unless, he, you know, with, with his ability, what he has, I am surprised that it's only teams like Forest what are bidding for him at the minute. You would have thought you never really know. that no, you don't, but you would have thought, you know, lower premiership teams like Leeds, etc., would potentially put an offer in to try and take him because he might be able to do something for him in the Premier, unless they don't think he's got he's got the level to play in the premiership. Or if they're all just waiting to see what happens, maybe waiting yeah, for the maybe. situation to play out a bit more. I think the second that not for it wouldn't surprise me if not for us get a bit accepted. I suspect it'd be after our game at the weekend against them. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me then if you've got more clubs throwing their hat into the ring, going, We'll match it and then talk to the player. I think that's mm. probably something that will happen. Um, but yeah, I think it's a shame, really. It's gone, it's gone this way. But I think there definitely has to be something read into the fact that he didn't play at the weekend, to be honest, especially if he did train twice this week. You could say you're saving him and you want him to be fit to play against Forest and the league's the priority, but Palace at home in the cup, <clears> what it meant to the fans as well. You know, to see him out there, I think we'd have a better chance. Wouldn't you just play him though? Wouldn't you just brought yeah. him on, or at least put him on the bench and possibly brought him on just to say, "Well, if you go, mate, you, you you're not going to play in a couple for them." It's a mess of a situation though. All the mixed signals that are coming out. You know, one minute he's injured and the quad injury is taking a while to come back. Mm. Then there's a tweet, I think on Thursday evening, that he's trained twice this week and he's available for selection. Then he's not in the squad Saturday. There is definitely a story that's not being told to us. Why would it be told to us anyway? But I think there is definitely more to it than meets the eye, to be honest. But there you go. Um, is there anything else you chaps want to put into this show before we wrap up today anyway, guys? Daniel Ballard. Okay, yeah, Ballard. He's what he's yeah. back in contention and hopefully from yeah. February, right? Is that right, Kai? Yeah, I think he said, uh, the report said earlier that uh, I think it was early Feb. He's basically back in training, I think, I think I read, which is huge news, isn't it? That's, that's a really good news. Missed him Exciting and, news. Yeah, it'll be good, good to have him back. Definitely. Go on, Mickey. You want to put something else in? Recast. Okay. I, um, we've done it. I've done it today. 
um, and watched um, the Charlton game. Um, it was it footage is all right, same as it always is. Um, but what I liked about it was I brought some. We didn't have a look because when you sign on, you only get you only get a little bit. So um, I just I, I'll be honest with what's what with what's what with it. I brought um, uh, I brought a few tokens earlier, what five quid's worth, um, and it took me down to what six hundred I had in, in total with that, and it took me down to about three fifty when I bought the game for two hundred and fifty credits. I shared it on the pod um, and just said, "Look, I'm watching this." And I basically earned back. Um, so it cost me two fifty to watch. In theory, two two hundred and fifty credits is is two fifty, uh, and I got uh, one pound twelve, one fifty, two twelve, two sixty, three four. I got about 400 credits, 253, 4, 412 credits back by sharing the the link what is on the account. Um, I posted that and said, look, I'm watching it. A couple of people joined up and them joining up, Recast, give me um, give me a fee. What's there? You know, it's I think it's 50 credits or whatever it is per one. And then... Um, that all adds up and they give you a fee for, for the first person, give you a fee and then it goes up. So what I'm saying is that I don't necessarily agree with everything what Mill was doing around recast, but I think that if I'm earning money, as in I'm earning credits through sharing a link and people clicking on it or, or through WhatsApp, whatever it is, you share a link um, and the club's getting money, then I think it's not a bad system potentially. I don't agree with, um, with how Millwall's possibly doing all the content in a minute, because um, I think there, there's possibly a large section of our fan base who only uses websites and only knows their way around a website, you know, the older generation, and possibly not really with apps and registering and everything else like that. Um, I don't agree with a week and a half ago or a week ago, you could watch the manager's interview on the website or on the, on the Twitter account. And now all of a sudden you have to pay for it. I think there should be something done there, whether or not they should say recast for a day or two days and then over. Um, personally, I think games, if it means that we can watch the under 18s, the under 23s, you know, the under 17s, etc., and see a lot more of the youth players coming through. I think that's fantastic. If we can see a lot of old games again, coming on there, that's great. Um, we all know that clubs are looking for different ways of making income and, and YouTube really um, isn't there to, to to earn you lots and lots of money unless you've got big numbers. Um, you know, we all know that. We know what YouTube's about. There's lots and lots of conditions. And even for football clubs, I don't think there's a lot there for them. Plus, you're putting your content out online and, and it is what it is. Um, it, I suppose it's a bit hard to police, but I paid two fifty to watch a game today, and I made nearly double that back. So, for the first time I watched it, um, I'm pretty happy with my experience. Uh, and, and many thanks to the people who clicked on the link and joined up. And again, do the same. Just forward it out to a, a powerful forward the link out what you've got 
not my link, your link out to people and um, and go. Because every time you click, I get money. I think the club gets money. And, and every time you do it, it tells you that you're supporting the club. And in current turns, um, I think it can be a good thing, really. I don't know what money yeah. they make. I don't know anything else. But I'm happy with what I made. I got my money back for, you know, and more for for watching it for a couple of people sharing the link. But then I suppose because we've got the account, the the Twitter account, that's why you get the exposure for people to click on the link. So I suppose like you say, you share with friends or whatever. But, but you've got would the got, same would an average Joe get the same experience as you do? But why not? You've got that. I mean, you've got WhatsApp groups. You've got you know everyone's going to be in a WhatsApp group with a Millwall fan or a couple of Millwall fan. You only need a couple of people to come back and it's pay. I mean. If you watch something for 30 credits and you forward that, you only need one person to fucking join up. Do you know what I mean? You can get someone in your family to join up and then, you know, they do the same. I think, you know, there's potential. Mm-hmm. You know, is it is it is it going to be, you know, massive going forward? I've got no idea. But my personal experience of it today, I paid and I've earned that back. Yeah, okay, fine. You know, we've got the benefit of the of um the pod account yeah okay you know we've we've worked hard and we've got a lot of followers on there but no one needed to click on it do you know what i mean people clicked on it because they wanted to watch it that you know all i was doing was sharing a link um what people clicked and joined um and it 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 worked for me but i got my money back for paying for it and i can watch it again and i got to see you know um lovelace score I got to see us get fucking throw a two nil advantage away and lose three two, which is typical Millwall style S. But it didn't cost me anything in the long run. So it's got to be a good idea rather than you know. And I didn't have to watch any adverts. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Unlike mm-hmm. YouTube, where you watch stuff, you, especially nowadays, you could you, you get loads and loads of adverts. And by posting the live footage on on there. You don't really make any revenue, do you? So I don't know what the club makes. Hopefully, you know, they make good money out of this and it's a, a good business opportunity for them going forward. But personally, for me, I was quite satisfied with my first thing. I have got little niggles, as I said, and you have about the player interviews after the match, the uh, the manager interviews, etc. Um, I think maybe Millwall needs to look at how they're putting content out because I think they choose what they want to do with content. I'm not sure. But... Personally, that's the only thing I've got. Got no issue with the game side of it. Um, no, definitely. But yeah, yeah. Interesting insight, nonetheless. No, interesting insight, nonetheless. And obviously, download recast if you haven't got it already and see what it's like. I think, yeah, interesting. I think obviously, if the club gain out of it, then it's you know a support, I suppose, in any way we can. So, right. Anything else you want to put into the show, Mickey or Kai? That's it, isn't it? Really. I think we've run our course. If you're new around here, obviously, guys, be sure to subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It helps out a lot just to bump up the charts a bit more. Um, if you're new around here, obviously, leave, like like the video, leave a comment, let us know what you thought of this pod. Any interaction is always greatly appreciated. Check us out on Twitter, at that mill pod. Uh, we'll be back later in the week for a preview on all things not required. So, thanks for watching, guys, and see you soon.
This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous. Oh, please, he's just another RV League-educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.